welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those of you who live on a steady diet of movie theater popcorn and other snacks like that like pizza that you order, but then when it gets there, it's pretty good, but it's not great, so you kind of want to take it back. <laughs> As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and with me as usual... Our other good movie buddy, the Canadian Machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David. Hello. Da- how you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah? You know, we, we got to see Justice League last week. Big, so big, Long-awaited big. movie. Yeah. Um, we did see Justice League, and we're literally, since we did, our, our whole previous episode was all about kind of building up to the Justice League. Um, we figured this entire episode was going to be reacting to it. Um, because, at least according to me, and according to a lot of people, if you ask them, there's a lot to react to. Uh, so we're going to try and split this up kind of how we usually do it in three sections. We'll do uh, spoilers, we'll do uh, or we'll do non-spoilers, we'll do spoilers, and then we'll kind of predict or see, you know, look where, forward. Where, where do we go look to the here. future? Yeah, I don't know if I would say looking forward to it, but but certainly certainly what's... we're gonna we're gonna preface this and say Rick's a little salty today. I am a little salty, David. And you know, it's it's funny because right off the bat, like just to give you my review, like I really liked the movie. Like I really liked Justice League. I enjoyed the movie a lot. Um at the same time, you can't help but see all of the seams in it. And where this movie got chopped up and how it got chopped up and the things that were not in the trailer that are in the trailer that are not in the movie or things that are completely different than they were in the trailer. Like it's like Frankenstein's monster. You know, it's almost like they switched directors far into the process. Yeah. Crazy how that. Well. It's funny you should mention that because that's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, at the very end of this process, we may have talked about this last week, but mm-hmm. I, and I think we mentioned it, but but near the end of production and going into post-production, Zack Snyder's daughter um, uh, took her own life, passed away, and Zack Snyder left the production to go be with his family. And the studio brought on Joss Whedon to... Uh, oversee post-production and oversee reshoots. Now, this is where the story gets interesting because the more that I hear coming out of the release of this movie, the more that you're starting to hear about how Zack Snyder didn't leave, he was fired, and how Joss Whedon wasn't brought on by Snyder, he was brought on by the studio, and how he was mandated certain points and things, how Snyder put a movie together that the studio absolutely hated and completely overreacted to and chopped apart. That's all second, third-hand knowledge. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but So we're going to kind of just focus on the movie itself today, um, starting with what I think is the best part of the movie, which are the characters. Um a lot of new characters. I mean, this movie's ninety percent new characters. Like, you get Batman and Alfred, who we met before. You get Superman, Lois Lane, and Mom, uh, uh, Wonder Woman, Martha Kent. You get Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yeah. Everybody else is new, and all of these big characters. You get the Amazons. 
Oh, know? that's true. You're right. We did bring in some of the Amazons who we knew from before as well. But all of these big new characters, I mean, let's talk about the big three, Cyborg, Flash, and Aquaman, they have enough going on in their own worlds to make their own movies. Um, in some cases, to run their own TV show for multiple seasons. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot going on with these characters, and we're given little bits and pieces in these sort of like little vignettes. Um, it's almost like we meet... It, it, it feels a lot like Suicide Squad, to be honest, where we meet the character once, and then we meet them again. Um, for example, Barry Allen. We meet Barry Allen when he's talking with his father in prison, and then we meet Barry Allen again when Bruce goes to recruit him. Same thing with Aquaman. Like, we meet Aquaman when Bruce goes to recruit him, and then we kind of meet Aquaman again when he saves that, that fisherman. Like, they're almost all given two intros, just like Suicide Squad did. And I feel like, you know, you solve that problem by giving them their own movies. But that being said... I really feel like they course corrected the characters big time in this movie, particularly Batman and Superman, who were in the most need of it. You know? Yeah, after uh, Batman v Superman, it was a little off as yeah. far as how the characters were. You had Superman that was alien misfit, and you had raging killer Batman. Yeah. Um, and so we switched to basically a, well, you had zombie Superman, which maybe we should have prefaced this because I guess technically it's a spoiler that <laughs> Batman's alive because that's, that wasn't in the Superman's trailers. Alive? Or Superman's alive. So I apologize for anybody that that is earth shattering news, but you probably just live under a rock. <laughs> they put his symbol know. on the poster. He showed up at the beginning of the trailer. They killed him in the last movie, I'm, which was only two movies into the series. I'm, like, pre I'm pretty sure like... In the opening credits, he's like number two or number three. Yeah, it's Ben Affleck that. and Henry Cavill. Yeah, like so, it's he's in the movie. Yeah, surprise, surprise. They just for whatever reason held him back on a lot of the marketing materials, which felt. I mean, that's just one of many problems. Like, like Superman's obviously going to be in this movie. Why not market? Why not market that? Because you want to preserve some type of surprise. There is no surprise. When you kill off Superman in the second movie of your franchise, you know that motherfucker's coming back, you know? But but going back, like, they did make Superman way more like Superman. I mean, it, I mean, obviously, they bring him back, and he's got that little moment, which was one of the best parts of the movie, to be honest. But when he comes back full Superman, he's saving people. He's making quips. He's using all his powers. And he's great. You know, I really like Superman and Batman has gone into this sort of apologetic like, you know, uh, Superman was was a, gave the world hope. And, you know, I want to try and be able to do that. He's sort of like team leader. So he's not a fucking psychopath murderer like he was in Batman v Superman. But he's still not like your traditional Bruce Wayne. He's still kind of like old man. Sure. I'm on the downhill of my career. Sure. Batman because you know he's trying to push off leadership to Wonder Woman right he's, he's been trying, doing this for 20 years he's downplaying like what he's capable of doing things like that you well, know and obviously even you know traditional Batman isn't exactly a team player from the standpoint of 
in most Batman series and movies, he's not necessarily teaming up with people unless he absolutely has to, which sure. in this case, he absolutely has to. Right. But, you know, yes, he's definitely, you know, feels like he screwed up, which you don't usually see very often from Batman mm -hmm. either. So mm -hmm. it's a little bit different take than what we're used to. It's not traditional Batman, but it is feels more in line and doesn't seem so out of character to what Batman v Superman Batman was right exactly and and that's you know the old man Batman kind of uh, direction is the direction they were going I mean they knew that when they cast fucking 42 year old Ben Affleck they knew that they were going in an older seasoned Batman direction well and I think you even see that in the fact that like you can visibly see gray hairs yeah. in Batman yeah so like you know I don't know that Affleck actually has gray hairs or at least not if he was trying I'm sure to. he's had I'm sure he's avoiding hairs. it but uh they like make it pretty obvious that Batman's right. he's got all gray scarred hair. up, he's all beat to hell, you know. And plus, I think that's an interesting dichotomy because you have this Batman who's been Batmaning for 20 years, and now all of a sudden he's thrust into this world of gods and aliens, and he recognizes, like, I am vastly outgunned, and that, and I need to bring people together, you know. And that brings us to our three new characters, um, as we mentioned before the Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg. Um, of the three, David, uh, who was your favorite? Because they were all really good. I thought. I felt. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the two that are easiest to gravitate to, the most likable, are going to be uh, Flash and Aquaman uh, because Cyborg is part Cyborg. He's and, a, he's, a robot. And, he's, and he's kind of like, as uh, to pull one of your favorite phrases, he's having a coming of age <laughs> story <laughs> of of figuring out what life is as a part cyborg. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think Flash and Aquaman are easy to gravitate to because they're the ones with a lot of like the one liners and mm -hmm. the jokes. And obviously, uh, Jason Momoa or whatever is a is a huge presence on the screen and crushes it and they they make him basically the bro aquaman uh aqua bro aqua bro i love it and then you've got flash who is what i think everybody appreciates in flash i mean he's a little bit different take than the cw flash mm -hmm. i think um but he's kind of that like nerdy i don't know if they really establish how old he is in this film I think he's in college yeah i think they kind of make it seem like he's in college but yeah. He's uh, for me. I think I, I'm I'm all about Aqua Bro, um, but Flash was a close runner up for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, Flash was great comedic relief, and and he he definitely fills that like, aw shucks, like I'm so excited to be here. Like, you know, he and Ezra, and Ezra Miller is great in it. I was kind of eh, a little bit on his casting, um, because Grant Gustin on the Flash t TV show is so good but Ezra Miller's really good job in this movie he's yeah. really really funny and like you said Momoa's just swaggering the whole time that dude is walking around I'm the baddest badass in this movie I'm I'm the big dude I'm like I, I'm the best and and he has some of the best parts of the movie he's definitely has the best non-action moment in the oh, whole yeah. movie um, I actually really like Cyborg a lot more than I thought I would um, because what they do with Cyborg is they give him sort of this, uh, not to use the metaphor again, but 
this sort of Frankenstein's monster type of story where he's supposed to be dead. He doesn't know why he's alive again. He's been brought back to life with this alien technology. He doesn't know how to control this technology that he's a part of. Um, he's always got to fight with that technology. Like there are points where he genuinely loses control over it. And I think that, that uh, Ray Fisher does a really good job of being sort of, you can kind of tell that everything he's doing is very careful and very measured and dialed back on purpose. Because if Cyborg were to let his emotions go, he could turn into a friggin' neutron bomb and, and he wouldn't know it. Um, I really, I, I, I was very tepid on Cyborg being in this movie and I really like what he did with it. Um, and they're just perfect. Like the characters are Wonder Woman is great because she sort of um, falls into the sort of matriarch role. Like, as you said, Batman's like, I can't lead these people like you need to be a leader. He doesn't say it to her, but he tests her throughout the film and whatnot. Um, and I didn't even, you know, the villain, a lot of people shit on the villain Steppenwolf. I genuinely didn't mind him. He was boring. Like he was one note. Well, well, and here's the thing is you needed you were introducing three new characters into a movie. Three major characters that are going to be building blocks of a continued franchise of movies. Right. And so you can't have this larger than life like enemy that you've got to spend a good chunk of the movie building up and that kind of thing. Right. So I feel like they kind of had to not go too over the top on their their bad guy because it needed to be a big enough threat that it rationalized having formed the justice league together. And it had right. to be a, a tough enough threat from that standpoint. But at the same time, I don't think you wanted like to blow one of your like major, major like potential enemies that it's out there in the DC universe sure. on a movie where you're going to have to spend a good chunk of the time introducing characters. Right. Exactly. Well, and Unfortunately, like we're going to have like we're it, it is it is unavoidable for us to com not compare DC and Marvel. Like that's just going to happen. But I think one of the brilliant things that Marvel has done is they ta they've taken their time building up to the villains like, you know, ultra like okay, let's let's work from backwards, you know. You take the Avengers movies because those are the easily easiest comparable to DC. Ultron his creation was tied in directly with our characters that we already know. So getting to know Ultron was was literally the same as getting to know our characters. And then you go back to the original Avengers where it was Loki, somebody who we already knew, you know? So that kind of thing, in this case, you know, they did. They, they had to take some shortcuts. They had to pick from their sort of... B squad of villains with Steppenwolf mm -hmm. and he's basically a big CGI monster swinging his axe around and he's got some badass scenes and whatnot but his his motivation isn't much beyond any of the other DC villains motivations I mean you look at look at Ares you look at the Enchantress and her brother whose name you can't remember from Suicide Squad you look at Zod Doomsday like they're all just basically like I want to destroy the world but I feel like the, that's the hard part when you get into movies that are Superman and Wonder Woman is that because you're dealing with characters that are gods, right? like your only real story is 
destroying the world. To, like, what's like, the, yeah. Like, you can't have a Superman v. Joker movie, you know, like things like that, right. you know? Right. So you've kind of, when you've got those two involved, you kind of have to basically have end of the world type stories uh, in there. Obviously, we, we know Lex Luthor uh, is one of, Superman's biggest nemesis sure. is I mean, from that standpoint. And there's things yeah. that they do that they conduct to to level the playing field. But normally you basically unless you're gonna make it easy on people like Superman and Wonder Woman, right? You gotta kinda have like the only thing that would rationalize a team up would be like an end of the world scenario, which is the same thing in Avengers. Like sure. The only time you get all of them together working together is when it's an end of the world scenario. Sure, sure. But still, even then there are multiple like things at play that are better described in those movies. Oh, you know? absolutely. Um, you know, you take Loki and the Avengers, for example, where you have Loki, who is a a a, a royalty who wants a, a a city or a planet to rule, so he's given this army by Thanos because Thanos has all of these like there's all of these other agendas. Sure. And with Steppenwolf, it's just like. He travels around from world to world, shaping them into the hellscape from which he was born. Like, fucking why? See, why? See, and I agree there's issues with it, but that's that's how DC set themselves up to operate. Exactly. By going in the order that they went. Exactly. So, for me, it wasn't really necessarily a disappointment as much as it was, like, par for the course. Like, this is the world we live in right now with DC because of how they structured the release of their films. Yep, exactly. Like we're just gonna rush, we're gonna rush, we're gonna rush, and that's one of my biggest issues with the movie. One of the, a couple other things that I really liked about the movie, though, I, I thought the the costume design and the production design, I thought it was really great. I thought everybody looked like a million bucks, as they should have. Cyborg's design was a little busy, which they ended up rectifying by the end of the movie, but I love the way the Flash looked. I love his the effects around the flash and the lightning and him jumping into the speed force. Um, and to be honest, I got to give a small shout out to Zack Snyder. That guy knows how to do opening credit sequences like nobody else. I mean, you think about Watchmen, Batman vs Superman. Think about this movie, like how they, he tells an entire story in these opening credit sequences. And the one for this one is is all about how the world is reacting to Superman's loss and, and fi falling into despair, right? Mm -hmm. And and it's just as good as BV, B, BVS, where he did basically the death of Bruce Wayne's parents and then Watchmen when he did the entire history of superheroes in that world. So good. And there are so many visual flares in this movie that are genuinely great moments. But the, as you said, the biggest problem is that it's just so damn rushed. Mm -hmm. And everything is compacted. I mean, we talked about last week how they should have, this should be their eighth movie. And instead it's their fifth. Like this should be the movie that, that, that culminates everything that they've done. And instead they've made two sort of Superman, one definite Superman movie, one Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman movie, one fucking Suicide Squad movie that has nothing to do with anything, and then Wonder Woman, and yeah. then this. And you can't help but feel like those vignettes that we were talking about before with Aquaman and Flash and Cyborg, number one, they wouldn't be needed in this movie 
if you would have made their movies already. We could just get the group together. And number two, like they just feel so rushed that even though there is impact with seeing how badass Aquaman is or seeing how fraught Barry Allen is over his his dad's incarceration, like it doesn't impact as hard as it should, you know? Or even bringing back Superman. Motherfucker's been dead for a movie. That's it. Like he he's dead for the end of Batman vs Superman. He's dead in Suicide Squad, and then they bring him back in this one. So they they haven't even really had a chance to live in a world where Superman truly doesn't exist. And it's just so rushed, and you can tell where they chopped the fuck out of this movie. Um, well, and there's very few times where I'd say a two-hour movie is too short, but I think we both agree that this movie could have helped from being about 15 20 minutes longer yeah and i think certain things wouldn't have been as rushed but like you said too had they set this up in order properly then you're probably getting 20 close to 20 minutes back from not having to do some of those foundational vignettes on the three characters we were introducing and the thing is is all of their stories are very interesting and everybody knows kind of the backstories of them and while Kind of like Batman when we did Batman v Superman, and that was the first we had of Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne. Uh You don't need to be told the origin story all over again, but we'd like to at least like have kind of some kind of feelings towards some kind of feelings towards the character before they're part of this like super team. And and one could argue that like okay, really what they did was kind of similar to what marvel did with spider-man they introduced him in civil war and then gave him his own film which i get but they were in a little slightly different situation where they had already done like 12 movies right by the time that spider-man was on his literally his sixth movie yeah we seen his origin twice yeah now with black panther a little bit different where you saw sort of the origin of this black panther in that movie yep you know um and and with this it's just it's just, it just, it's so many missed opportunities. As much as I love the characters, and as well cast as I think that these characters are, I think they're really well cast. You can't help but see all of the missed opportunities that have been laid out. You can't help but see how, you know, DC makes a good move in course correcting with their characters, and they, they've, that, that's a good thing that they've done. But then they see people complain about. You know, let's take, for example, the two major complaints of Batman versus Superman, which was it's long as hell and it's it's too dark. These characters are too dark and too dreary and too grim dark. Right. So they're like, OK, OK, OK. So we, uh, we're not going to make them dark anymore. We're going to change the characters up. We're going to get back to the roots. Right. We're going to make Superman, Superman, Batman, Batman. And then we've got all the other characters. Great, 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 great. Uh, OK, then what else do we got to do? Oh, it's too long. Well, we got to get this thing under two hours. And it's like, no, if you make the decision to cut corners back then, then you shouldn't make the decision to shorten this movie now. And it just feels like it's two steps forward, one step back every time with them. Well, and I appreciated some comedic relief in this movie. For I sure. mean, Batman v Superman could have used a lot more in there. Um but it was a little heavy-handed at times. Some Making of, Ben Affleck's Batman funny is a fucking terrible mistake. Yeah. Some like, of, he has that one line in the movie. He's like, something's broken, which I appreciated, but is fucking 
they were rough. They were a little over the top, and some of them didn't really flow. Like they seemed really forced. Yeah. Some of the the jokes in there, but I did appreciate a lot of them. I mean, if 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 there was ten jokes in there or twenty jokes in there, I'd say they hit on like eighty percent of them. But about twenty percent of them were like right. That was corny unnecessary right. like right and they were the ones that felt like obvious jokes the humor of this movie should come within the character interaction i mean look at the diverse group of characters you have you have a you have a kid who was struck by lightning he's got super speed you have the literal fish king of atlantis you got a fucking robot you got a, a man who dresses like a bat you got a goddess you have an alien and the humor should come in the reactions of the characters to one another and that's the best humor in this movie is like flash with Cyborg talking about how they're the mistakes of the group, which I thought was really poignant. Um, but see, like looking at like seeing Flash try to figure out how to react to all of this around him, or seeing Aquaman basically just bust Batman's balls for dressing like a bat the whole time, just like dress like a bat. All right, I dig it. Like that kind of thing. That stuff is really cool because it's character related. It's it's seeped and and anchored in these characters. But then when you have Batman, like, laying there on the ground, like, okay, yeah, something's definitely broken. Like, yeah, it's funny, and it got a chuckle, but that is not the character of Batman. Well, and and that leads to kind of, like, what you end up seeing, like, from this movie, in that if you go back to Avengers, right, and that kind of universe, and it's hard not to compare the two from that standpoint, right. which obviously Warner Brothers does because that's why they're managing this like idiots trying to compete with it rather than just doing their own thing. Right. Um, but you had when the Marvel movies came out, Iron Man, and we're just talking domestic, so U.S. and Canada. We're going box office right now. 318 million. Yep. Hulk, 134. Iron Man, 312. Thor, 181. Captain America, 176. Okay, so they got their five movies out of the way before the sixth movie came out in Avengers, and that made 623, which was basically over half of the money that the five previous movies made. Right. Avengers, granted it's early, didn't even make more opening weekend. You mean Justice League? Or Justice League, yeah. sorry. Justice League didn't even make what Wonder Woman made. Which means it's no way it's breaking what Wonder Woman made because Wonder Woman had chance. crazy legs, right? And so, I mean, it's yeah, right. She does. It's right in the conversation with, I mean, it's iffy whether it'll even beat Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. If it'll even beat fucking Thor three, like it's not gonna beat. Here's the craziest thing, Dave. You just brought up an excellent point. The lowest grossing movies in the Marvel era. Are, are all the f first movies, The Incredible Hulk, Thor. Granted, Iron Man really took off, but it. But you know what Marvel didn't do? They didn't freak the fuck out and go and make changes and make recasts and cut the movies into shreds because they were worried about it. They saw that, all right, Captain America only made six, $65 million opening weekend. That's fine. Thor, Thor only made $65 million opening weekend. That's fine because we have a plan. Or to quote the 76ers GM, Sam Hankey, trust the process. Poor Sam Hankey had to die so that the Philadelphia 76ers could live, 
right? Now, with the what Marvel did is they trusted the process. They say, you know what? We got to introduce these these B plus characters. We're gonna take our time with them. And then ever since those movies, the lowest grossing movie since then was what? Thor: The Dark World with two hundred and six. Ant Man. Ant Man. You know, like, and those were smaller movies to begin with. Justice League should be one of the biggest films of all time. It has Batman and Superman, two of the most recognizable characters in the world. It has Wonder Woman. It has Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman. It has something for everybody. And it's the first time that these characters are all meeting together in a movie. And instead of being one of the biggest films of all time, it's coming going to be a colossal disappointment. It didn't even make opening weekend as much as the fucking first Guardians of the Galaxy movie did. And that movie was a bunch of nobodies at the time. Well, and I think you even see from that standpoint, you know, one of the things that contributes to that is the worst reviewed Rotten Tomatoes wise Avengers movie was Thor Dark World, which right. was sixty six percent, which is still like 20 plus percent right higher than justice league right and it's because even though that movie even though thor the dark world world was a little boring and it had a generic villain it was still well made it still understood its characters it still was competently put together and when you see some of the things in this movie some of the bad CGI that you can tell only got completed like a fucking month ago. When you jump around your story and it and it lacks any emotional impact, then you failed, you know? When Thor gets his hand cut off in Thor The Dark World, there's an emotional impact there. When Loki appears to sacrifice himself, there's an emotional impact there. But in this movie, when Batman's like, I'm going to do it alone, I'm going to keep him off you, nobody gives a fuck. Like, nobody, there's no impact there. And I think that's probably a good opportunity for us to get into the spoilers of the matter. So we'll take this opportunity to, to, to tell everybody that we're about to spoil the shit out of Justice League. As negative as, as I have been about it and as grumpy as I have been about it, it is still a really fun movie. Like, there are a lot of things that don't make sense in this movie. There are a lot of seams showing, but it is still a lot of fun. The characters are really great. The actors are really great in their roles. The action is really good superhero action, I think. Well, and I still think a movie like this, it wasn't a giant piece of crap. And for you to appreciate the most, you still need to go and see it in the theater. Absolutely. Like, anytime you got a movie that's millions of dollars of budget like you're not going to get the whole experience if you don't go and see it in theaters well i'm not going to put it anywhere near you know greatness right i will say it's worth seeing in the theaters i think you'll enjoy it more seeing it in the theaters than if you were to wait and watch it on your tv sure at home. sure so. you go find the biggest screen you can see it on with the loudest sound you can and i and you'll appreciate it like absolutely um but it's just, it's so disappointing in some areas. And so let's get into those spoilers. Let's talk about the fact that Superman's mouth looked weird as fuck the entire movie because they wouldn't let him shave his mustache. This is the dumbest problem in the world to have, David. Like, like Warner Brothers and Paramount basically had a staring contest. And Paramount was like, fuck you. 
he's not shaving his mustache. Even though it is infinitely easier, and this is, I read this from a special effects guy, it is infinitely easier to put facial hair on somebody than it is to take it off somebody. And could you tell the audience why he would need a mustache still? Yeah, because he's, he's in the new Mission Impossible movie. So he's rocking a dope-ass mustache in that movie, apparently, and he, was still ha and he still had it. But for reshoots, they had to bring him back, and they CGI'd his upper lip. And it looks weird as fuck. There's no other way to describe it. I just like that Paramount got to push their weight around against. Like, you want Warner Henry Brothers. Cavill so bad, like, he's not shaving his mustache. And that's just dumb. That's just <laughs> stupid. It's stupid for Warner Brothers to fold to some bullshit I would like love that. to see contracts in Hollywood. I'm sure in his contract with Paramount, it was... You must have a mustache. It, it, it might have been. It might have been a contract thing, which you can't breach a contract over a fucking mustache, which is the most Hollywood thing I can think of right now, other than sexual assault. It's a breach contract over mustaches. Those are the two most Hollywood things right now. Well, do you think Warner Brothers is going to sue Paramount because no. they're going to claim the upper lip? No, no chance. No chance. No chance. If anything, some motherfuckers are getting fired at Warner Brothers over this. There's going to be some head of productions that are not going to have heads anymore. Those heads are going to roll. Right. So, so Rick, tell me that here. Speaking of, since we're going on issues with Superman here, what was your thoughts on the fact that? So DC has always not really care, used really lame excuses for why their superheroes are hidden in plain sight. Right. Like you had Clark Kent. Oh my God. Puts dude. on puts on glasses and suddenly he's not recognizable. Sure, as that's Superman. fine. Sure. And you've got Wonder Woman who just. I basically just gets out of her outfit and she lets not, her hair down. Lets her hair down. Sure, fine. Um, you've got obviously Flash actually does hide. He's yeah, got he's a got a mask on. And yeah, that. the same um, with Batman. He's got you know, a mask. He's got a mask from that standpoint and changes his voice so he sounds like sure. You know, sure. But, but secret identities are important in the secret DC universe. identities are still they're still secret to some point. Like not in this people movie. still don't know that Bruce. Wayne is Batman. There's no like, fucking there's a way. Short list. People don't know that Clark Kent is Superman. Yet in this movie, they just decided, you know what? Screw it. You know, these cops, they're never going to remember that I'm it's calling little shit. Superman Clark yeah. instead of Superman or anything like it's that. It's little shit like that where it's like Aquaman and Batman, more accurately, Arthur Curry and Bruce Wayne are standing in front of a large village of people. Who it is never established. Like the one old man can't speak English, but I imagine a couple people gotta speak some English in that in that village. And Aquaman is just straight up calling him Batman. Like in front of fifty people. Like, oh dressing like a bat, big Batman, huh? Well, Bruce Wayne. Well, and I don't have as much issue with that one. That one is like way more obvious than the Clark Kent one. But at least like you're off in the sticks, like yeah, somewhere you're maybe in Norway in the somewhere. Like, it's not like those people are going to hop on email and send out an email and spoil Bruce Wayne's. Yeah, like, may, he's maybe far not. He's far away from Gotham sure. from that standpoint. But the Clark Kent thing, like, you've got cops literally there and people keep yelling Clark they're not. Him. They're not yelling Superman. They wake Superman up. Superman's fighting Justice League, which I will tell you, probably my favorite part of the movie. It was better action than the final yeah, fight scene. Like it, and it was all really well done watching him take on the Justice League, watching him fucking headbutt Wonder Woman into the concrete. Like, that's some Superman shit right there. And the part with the Flash, 
is yep. awesome. No, that was when the, fantastic. <laughs> when the Flash has these huge eyes when he realizes that Superman is as fast as him, yeah. it's fantastic. I got giddy. I'm getting giddy about it right now. It's so well done. But then, like, literally, Wonder Woman, Bruce Wayne, they're fucking like, Clark, Clark, and then Lois, Lois Lane, Lane shows, shows up. It. Like, escort, like, there is a police escort around them, and she's like, Clark, stop. Like, he, is it is it like... Uh, do they have like Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones from Men in Black to come after and just wipe people's memories or something? Not to like, mention, by the end of the movie, he appears to be Clark Kent again. Who there was a there was a magazine article that said Clark Kent died. Yeah. So apparently he's wearing his trench coat, his suit and tie, his glasses. He does the shirt rip. It's dope. Like it's Superman, right? But who's he supposed to be now? I feel like DC just has always been kind of like. We don't really care about that. Like, you know what? <laughs> just just go with it. That's like, crazy. They, people don't know. Just it's go like, with it. Well, like in Marvel, like Marvel's secret identities aren't a thing. Everybody knows that Tony Stark is Iron Man. Everybody knows that Steve Rogers is Captain America. Those are those public personas. Thor is on the street corner taking pictures with people because people know that he's Thor, yeah. right? But in, in these movies... DC has always been about secret identities. This movie doesn't give a fuck. Literally, everybody. If I was living in a Norwegian fishing village, I'd go on Reddit right now and be like, guess what, everybody? Bruce Wayne's Batman. I've fucking seen that shit. Like, it's crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy. But the Nor it, the Norwegian village also wasn't talking about how they had the fish god That's true. of Atlantis. They do have a fish, fish god Coming every every once a year or whatever. On the king tide. Yeah. God, and there was such a bad CGI shot in that scene where he just turns around and he's standing in the water and he's like obviously on a green screen. It was so bad. But like, but... That, Atl Atl is, Atlantis was pretty rough too. Atlantis was pretty rough too. Um, I'm wondering how they're going to make a movie, a whole Aquaman movie. Like that, I have no clue how, what this Aquaman. Well, and that was one of the things like. they talked about too. Is that supposedly uh, a lot of one of the things that got cut, or one of the rumored things that were got cut, was a lot more of the background story uh -huh. from the Atlantis point of view. A whole Willem Dafoe has on, a whole character that's not in the movie. Yeah, which is crazy. Like, <laughs> can we can we take a quick pause? Like, they had William Dafoe in this movie. And completely cut him out. Completely cut him out. They used Billy Crudup just to be Flash's dad. Dad for a scene. For two like scenes. two scenes. Like Warner Brothers, to their credit, they cast great and they swing for the fences. Like yeah, they'll no no actor is off limits to throw in this movie. No, from that but standpoint. they they cast the hell out of this movie. But like, it's absolutely crazy. Like you notice they didn't bring Lawrence Fishburne back to be Perry White though. Can't we don't. We don't need to pay Lawrence Fishburne any money. Yeah. But, you know, and as well cast and as well, like, those were some of my favorite parts of the movie were character moments. Like the Flash. Like the Flash zipping around the Batcave. Like, that's really fun. Or the literally the best part of the movie is as they're going into battle and Aquaman just starts on literally probably one of the best monologues of the year. Like, no, no joke. He starts going on this riff about how he's like, you know what? We're all going to die. And I'm cool with it. I'm here with my buds. You're just like a bat. That's cool. He's fast as hell. You're a fucking robot. Wonder Woman. Mm, damn, you're gorgeous. I mean, if I had a little bit more time. And then, like, he just starts going off, like, being brutally honest. 
until like you realize he's sitting on the lasso of truth. And it's a fantastic fucking moment. Like it's so good. It is. Um, it's literally, I laughed so hard in that part. It's one of the best. And that was just like, Jason Momoa's like, we're going to give you a chance to just be a badass. Yeah. Like deliver this like straight up hilarious monologue, but do it gruff and, and, and cool. And it was great. Well, and I think everybody knew that he would deliver on being a badass, like in the fight scenes. But I think everybody's question was, how would he deliver like when he's got to do like the character scenes and right. he's got to do like the monologues right. and things like that. And I think I actually, I enjoyed him in the fight scenes. He looks great. Looks the part obviously, yeah. but he was funnier like in the Norwegian bar uh-huh. and in the non fight scenes with the team and things like it's that. It's like, I got whiskey. He's buying it. I saved his ass. Like that kind of stuff. <laughs> It was fantastic. Or even even the small things with Barry Allen, like explaining that like his metabolism is running so fast that he just constantly needs to be eating. It's those small character beats that are why I really like this movie. You know, those little small character or even seeing Bat like that scene where Wonder Woman's gotta pop Batman's shoulder back in. That's a great scene. You know? Or or when or when Batman's kind of a dick and brings up Steve Trevor. Like, I love those moments. I really enjoyed those moments. Some of them I'm curious about, like, where the scene was going. Because there were a couple things that were in the trailer that you never saw. Like, there was that scene with Alfred where he's talking to someone. You can't see who it is. Right. And he says, I hope you're not too late. It was definitely Superman. Obviously. Like. But it's like, how... I mean, maybe they had him going from when he spent that time with Lois Lane on the farm... Maybe he goes to Alfred first before going. Like, I don't know. There is a whole unmade version of this movie that I hope that there's a documentary in like a decade. This is where I miss when Blu-rays used or when DVDs used to come out. Yeah. And they had all the extra bonus stuff in that. And like, this is when you you used to get like all the cool stuff on like, like you had the commentary where like you had actors or the director like watch the film and commentate the right. whole time through. I know you and I are some of the few people that actually watched those versions sure, of the film, sure. but like I really enjoy those things and I would love if there was that type of version on there this is, movie. Allegedly there is a completely different version of this movie where Superman doesn't get resurrected. Like when Superman gets resurrected, like Steppenwolf grabs him and like brainwashes him and he's evil Superman for the time being. And then, like, Lois is the one that snaps him out. Like, there's some sh- like there's some crazy shit that I have heard got cut or moved around from this movie. A ton of Atlantis stuff got cut. A ton of Cyborg stuff got cut. What do you think? You think Zack Snyder's movie was, like, two and a half hours, 240? I bet you it was two and a half hours long. And I bet you it was still dark as fuck for a ton <laughs> of time. I bet you he still didn't get Superman right because Zack Snyder doesn't seem like a guy who understands Superman <laughs> at all. He doesn't live in a world where Superman exists. Um, no, Zach. I mean, he really doesn't. And again, that's not a knock on Snyder because Snyder's, I think, a fantastic visual filmmaker. But I don't think Snyder gets what Superman stands for at all or what he's supposed to stand you for. You put Snyder in front of like the visuals and a lot of that kind of stuff and give someone else like the writing and the, the character, the other work, character work. work. Like not everybody's Leonidas. Yeah. <laughs> like Leonidas is amazing. <laughs> Superman is not Leonidas. <laughs> Superman is not like... I'll see you in hell. Like, that's not what Superman is. But I guarantee you Zack Snyder is, was like, can he have a moment where he kicks this guy and yells uh, at him? Also, can I do a tie-in to the last podcast and say that 
I did not notice any Amazons in more risque outfits than the previous one. I did because I was looking. I was looking hard. And they're like on the sides. There's, It's not even all of them. Some of them are bearing midriffs. Some of them are wearing full armor. But I feel like that was true in the, the last it one too. It was. But I would also say I feel like men's bodies were on display more often Hell in yeah. this movie than there was. Chase Momoa fucking jacked. Like, <laughs> it is an equal opportunity. And this goes back. I mean, I mean, we don't have to get into it. But Zack Snyder is an equal opportunity like sexy people. <laughs> Women or men, if they're jacked, I want to see as much skin as possible. You know, and Momoa's walking around without, without a shirt for like half of the movie. And even more when, than half. And even movie. when he is in a shirt, it's wet and like hanging <laughs> off of him. You know, Batman's jacked and all that. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, I've read some articles that were like, oh, Zack Snyder filmed Wonder Woman a little more creepily because it like. There's a scene where it focused on her ass a little bit more or something like that. And it's like Jason Momoa standing there without a shirt, hip deep in water. The fuck are you talking about? Like, uh, it drives me crazy. But it's like that be a bad CGI. Like, like the ending is just all CGI. I mean, how many times can DC make their end of the movie be... There's a bunch of fire and lightning and a big CGI bad guy. It's every fucking movie, dude. But that's why I'm excited more so for the individual films like Flash's movie, you know, as we look forward. Because right. Flash, while he has the big villains in that, like normally is fighting like, yes, there's like things that are going to need good effects. You've got the speedsters, you've got reverse Flash, you got... You know all those different storylines, sure. but it's not quite like if CW can pull it off on a week to week basis, then I think a big budget Warner Brothers film should be able to pull off something. I good. hope so, dude. I hope so. Um, yeah. So I think, I mean, we might as well keep talking about the future for the last few minutes of this podcast and and where we go from here, because like I said, their heads are gonna roll from this movie, like. Aquaman is already in the can. They're already filming. It's already wrapped production. So that movie is definitely coming out. But I couldn't. And oh, uh, Shazam. They're making Shazam with Zachary Levi. We got to find a way to get The Rock into. Um, well, The uh, Rock <laughs> is cast as Shazam's bad guy, Black Adam. I know. But are they going to bring The Rock in right away? Or are they going to bring in another guy right I don't know. The Rock would be a, one of many solutions. Just bring The Rock in. Like, who is better at revitalizing franchises than The Rock? No one. Fast and Furious, add The Rock. And all of a sudden, you're making a billion dollars worldwide. <laughs> Justice League, add The Rock, and you're going to be fine, you know? Um, you know, there is an opportunity for The Rock to be added in, though, because of that post credit sequence with, with Lex Luthor and Deathstroke, which I love. Sure. Like, building a Legion of Doom, I'm in. I'm in on that. I want, I'm I'm happy to see more of these movies. I'm happy to see another Batman. Well, movie. and I feel like that's a great opportunity that DC has. Is yes, they've got the recognizable heroes, but they've been told in a lot of ways from that standpoint. What they also have though is a lot of the recognizable villains. Like yes. they've got really good villains. Yes, Marvel is kind of like. Uh, struggles to produce aside really good from Spider-Man and X-Men there's not a lot of great villains yeah. in the Marvel so that's where I feel like 
going that route of like pursuing like the Legion of Doom. Like, yes. okay, Marvel's got our hero like team up thing. Let's do a bad guy team up thing. Right. Like that hasn't really been done. That was too the, often. That was what Suicide Squad was supposed but, to be. But I mean, like the big guns. the problem with the Suicide Squad was is a bunch of people that people didn't know. Like, there's a lot of recognizable. There's a bunch of recognizable D, uh, DC people, and none of them were in Suicide Slipknot Squad. Slipknot and El Diablo and Captain Boomerang. Get the fuck out of and here. Croc give and me all those. Joker. Give me Brainiac. Give yeah. me Lex Luthor. Give me the big. Give me fucking. Hugo Strange, give me all the Batman's villains. Like, I mean, that would be amazing, you know? Plus, you've got going for you that one of the most popular games out there is... Uh, Injustice. Injustice. You pull from that. gives Gorilla, you a whole list of people. Gorilla, Gorilla Grodd, Black Adam. Like, there's tons of villains yeah. in there, too. Darkseed. Darkseed is still waiting in the wings somewhere yep. at some point in time, maybe. Well, that'll probably be Justice League 2. But what I think they should do is I think they should take this opportunity right now to focus on the individual movies. You've already made your five, and they've been met with diminishing returns. Justice League is going to be, frankly, I, I picture it being a, bo a box office disaster. So what they need to do is they focus on Aquaman, make a Flash movie, make... Fuck, you want to make a Flash cyborg team-up movie? Fine. Make another Wonder Woman. Make another Superman. Make another Batman. Get your shit worked out, Warner Brothers. And then, maybe then, you can make another team-up movie. I would be fine with, like, five or six movies before we see another Justice League yeah. movie. Like, right. I would be fine with multiples of some of these characters. Like, like. You had in Marvel, you had two Iron Mans before you got Avengers, right? Yep. So I'm fine with that from that standpoint. Like, let's give the other thing that's hanging over this is whether Affleck's going to stick around. And I know you love your boy and you don't think he's going to go I love anywhere. Love my boy Affleck. But I get it now. Things though. get closer and closer. And the way that they've portrayed Batman, like when you go old Batman, you're kind of setting yourself up for an exit as it is. Which I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world for Justice League to not have your traditional Batman in it. Like, go Darkwing or things like that. Like, Nightwing. God Nightwing, damn it. Sorry. Nightwing. Nightwing. At least could I you, apologize. Could you at least get the name right? <laughs> now, I, I am, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I am starting to see more and more of the pattern of maybe Affleck is out because on one hand you have to imagine Affleck's probably going through a lot of shit in his personal life and he's out of all of the cast he's the one guy that doesn't need this franchise listen to you defending Affleck he probably is I mean he's good that the whole divorce thing guys have fucking tabloids everywhere <laughs> everybody's groping people now so you know he's gonna wind up on that goddamn list like you have to imagine that he's going through some shit Right, there's and the no, last there's thing, not another actor you would defend with this. There are a few. There are a few. All right, <laughs> but also, like like I said, he's the one actor, and we talked about this. He's one actor that does not need to be a part of this. He's the movie star of the group. He can go direct movies for the rest of his life and be fine. You know, he can go make the movies that he wants to make. He doesn't need this. At the same time, you have to imagine that a, a steady paycheck at a studio that's probably also willing to um, make your movies for dealing with this bullshit is probably nice ace in the hole to have. You know what? I'm also going to go out and, and you're not going to like this, but I'm going to say of the characters in the movie, he's my least favorite. 
And I think you would admit to that. You're probably right. Yeah. I mean, you have all the other characters. Like, you're living in a world of gods, you know? You're living, you're living in this world of gods that, that, that is interesting to have Batman be a part of. But he's also not given enough time to be Batman. I don't know. Would you... I would argue, though, that Batman is oftentimes the least interesting part of even his own movies. The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, maybe Batman Begins. Batman Begins, he's the best Yeah, in that, I would argue. Name me any other fucking Batman movie where Batman's the best part of it. Well, I mean, that's the thing. is mm. Most Batman ones are driven by the villains from right. that standpoint. Right. But when you're doing a team-up movie from that standpoint, and he's supposed to be the leader, the kind of like... Right thing that holds everything together like i mean he was forgettable from this movie like most of the, like the bad cheesy lines or forced things came from him and i'm not blaming that on affleck no but he was the only one that like i wasn't really excited to get more from in the movie like, i wanted I, I wanted more of aquaman i wanted more of flash i wanted even more of wonder woman and cyborg but i was fine with not getting more of batman no i want more batman i want the batman i want the justice league formed and I want the Batman who's so smart that he forms contingencies on how to stop all of the Justice League members. That's my favorite part about Batman being a part of the Justice League is he doesn't fucking trust anybody. But he then knows you gotta to go back to brooding Batman, which you said you didn't like. No, you him. don't have to go down to brooding Batman. It's just a smart, tactical Batman. Like there have been so many instances where they've depicted the Justice League discovering. Like, Batman has created files on each of them, and he knows how to subdue each of them in case they go bad or go rogue. And there have been a number of t episodes, or comic books, television shows, whatever, where either that information falls into the wrong hands or the Justice League discovers it. And Batman's just so unapologetic about it that it's hilarious. Like, he's just like, Listen, any one of you could destroy the world if if you were mind, you know, brainwashed, if you were influenced, if you turned bad or whatever. And I love that about him. I love that he's the tactician. He's the smart one. He's the general leading the charge. You just love Affleck. I do. No, I love Batman. I mean, I don't <laughs> care who's which okay, fine. Let's talk about it. I mean, if we're going to do it, let's talk about it. So, if Affleck does peace out, obviously a ton of people are pretty much already taking this as fact, which, number one, I disagree with. But number two, fine. Who? How are we going to replace Batman? And who are we going to replace him with? Now, if, Justice, if, if Warner Brothers and DC want to continue down this path that they've already started, then you can't cast young, sexy Batman. You still need a middle-aged Batman, like I'm thinking 38 to 45, that can be sort of the quote-unquote old, gray-beard Batman. Right now, there's two ways or, or we don't have to do that. What if instead of Batman being Bruce Wayne, what if it's, as we talked about, Nightwing coming in and taking up the mantle of the bat where Batman is now Dick Grayson or somebody else or something like that? Because that's been done before. I, I, I personally would like a transition. I think we've had enough traditional Bruce Wayne Batman movies and... Dark Knight to some point ruined a lot of people. And from that standpoint, I think, and even just with some of the disaster of what DC's done thus far, uh -huh. like I think you need a fresh take. I think, I don't know that this, this franchise is so feeble already that I feel like 
you kind of need to do something fresh that could maybe breathe life into it. Get an exciting cast uh, casting of Nightwing. And I think people would be like, ooh, like this is something I haven't seen before Maybe. 40 times. Maybe. Because people aren't really driven by movie stars anymore. You know, like there's a possibility there. But people, obviously people aren't showing up because Ben Affleck's in the movie. Like people are showing up because it's the character, you know. Now the other, here's the other question. Yeah, but that's not true in Avengers. Like people didn't go to Iron Man because it was Iron Man. No, they went because Robert Downey Jr. That's why exactly. they got Robert Downey Jr. for it. Exactly. But so now that's they're what going... I'm saying they need in Nightwing. Like, if you're going to transition Affleck, who was your boy, that was the anchor that was going to be Batman to get people excited, then if you're going to transition him out, you can't just sub in and say, ah, just kidding. Like, we're going to make you forced to accept that this person is the character that Ben Affleck was, just it's a different person portraying him. Exactly. You know, there's not many people that like can do that you know we're, you can't do it, it he's too big of a character to just recast him in the middle of a franchise he's not it's not like what happened with ruffalo and norton where it's True. like you had one movie that was early on in the franchise right that didn't do real great as it was it did fine but and yeah. the character itself spends most of its time as a giant green cgi sure Easily Dude, replaceable. So it's easily replaceable. Sure. Bruce Wayne is Bruce Wayne. Ben Affleck is a recognizable person. Yeah. You can't just sub in Fastbender and call him the same Bruce, call him Wayne. Same Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Okay. So instead of transitioning to a Nightwing, the ace in the hole, I think that they have is Flashpoint. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with Flashpoint at all. But the general story of Flashpoint is Flash travels so fast that he goes back in time, saves his mother, and then when he comes back, everything has changed. Everything is different. But the problem with Flashpoint is that when he comes back, everything fucking sucks again. So it would go back to being gritty again. So, like, when he comes back, Atlantis and the Amazons are at war, like, they fucking hate each other. They want to kill each other. BVS all over again, except it's Aquaman versus Wonder Woman. Bruce Wayne isn't alive. Instead of Bruce's parents getting killed, Bruce was the one that gets killed. So you know who's Batman? Thomas Wayne, his dad. Who played Thomas Wayne in BVS? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Who's hot right now for playing Negan on The Walking Dead? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. So there's possibilities that could be very interesting. Did you think of a Jeffrey Dean Morgan Batman? But the only problem with that Batman is he's got guns and he kills everyone again. <laughs> so, like, even if you use Flashpoint as your ace in the hole, you're going backwards again. And you got dark and gritty and everybody's dying. Well, and this is why I feel like they need to put off the Batman decision for, like, three or four movies. Like, let's just steer clear of any movies that involve Batman. Let's get Aquaman. Let's get Flash. Right. Let's do it. Do a cyborg movie, whatever you want to do. Do anything that doesn't require us to have Batman in it. Right. Except for the extent that Batman was in, like, Suicide Squad. Like, if you want to acknowledge that he's still in the universe, you can do that. Sure. And you can have anybody go in a suit and you can make it look like Ben Affleck still from that standpoint. But let's put it off for, like, four years from that standpoint. Um, which which so I don't... So we don't have to decide right away from that standpoint. Let's build up the kind of good faith that Wonder Woman gave us. Sure. 
so that when we have to get to that point, people are already all into our franchise. They're not remembering Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, Justice League. They're remembering how great Aquaman, Flash was, and these other things were, and Wonder Woman, and things like that. Do your Wonder Woman 2. Get Patty Jenkins back. Do Wonder Woman 2. Sure. Knock that out of the park. Do all of those Hopefully. things to get people pumped Build about it up DC again. again. Build it up again. Basically do what Marvel did when they started, and this your phase two is going to be like the rehabilitation phase. Like just walking around kissing babies and hugging old ladies. Like that's going to have to be your Give phase two. Give the people two. what they want. Because, because as great as that would be, David, it's already been explained by Jeff Johns that Batman's story is going to be very important to the Flashpoint movie that's being made. Of course made. it is. I'm going to give you one last thing, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. But what if Barry Allen travels back in time, saves his mom, comes back, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is murder Batman, and then Flash goes back at the end of the movie, fixes it, comes back, Bruce Wayne is alive, but it's a different Bruce Wayne. Could that work? It's fucking Jake Gyllenhaal or whoever. It wouldn't work if it was Idris Elba because how do you suddenly make Bruce Wayne black? Like there are these <laughs> continuity issues, David, that drive me crazy. Well, and that's the thing about Flashpoint too, and Flash in general. Even when you have like Earth One, Earth Two, or Three, which is another ace in the hole that DC always has, if they want to just Very say good like, point. if they just want to say like, screw all this stuff, we're just gonna go to another world we'll recast where everyone. everything is different. Or what if like the Batman from Earth Two just showed up, like right, exactly. after like disappears in a puff of smoke, poof. Well, where's Bruce Wayne? Why and not he comes back? I'm why not even X. do a transition like you know in the CW show when. You know, you've lost evil, uh, what's the Star Labs guy? Uh, Harrison Wells. Harrison they Wells. Bring, fuck another they Harrison just, Wells. What, everybody liked this actor, but he was evil in the first version of this, so we still want to have him involved in the show, so we'll just steal one from another world and exactly. make him good. So. Exactly. <laughs> there are a lot of possibilities for the DC universe going forward. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm, I'll go see, I'm going to see Aquaman. I love these characters. I think they did a really good job with these characters. So I'm very interested to see how it proceeds, if it proceeds. If we get more movies, I'll probably be there. I want them to keep making movies. I just hope they figure things out. Yeah. I mean... I mean, the fact of the matter is we're always going to get more movies. It's just whether Warner Brothers ever decides, screw it. We're ending this whole world that we've been creating. All the way over. We're starting from scratch. We're going to go back to making random two three movie batmans and recasting batman all the Just time one-offs all the time we're like, gonna do flash or what they should do is if they decide to abandon this, let's just scrap it and let's pay CW a bunch of money and just steal all their characters and make movies out of them. Which they'll never do because nope. ain't no one going to go see Stephen Amell for a $250 million box office. Like, I love you, Stephen Amell. You're a good, good movie buddy friend of the podcast. But motherfucker, ain't no one going to see your Green Arrow movie and it's not making $300 million. I'll go see it. I'll be there day one. So with that being said... We have hope for the DC Universe. Oddly enough, as cynical as it sounds, as cynical as, as we've sounded, and as much as Warner Brothers has fucked this up, we still have hope for it. So that's what I want to end on. I want to end on a note of hope that I'm really excited to see what Aquaman has in store for us. I'm excited to see what the rest... I want to see Barry Allen again. I want to see Victor Stone again. Wonder Woman. All of them. I want to see them all again, and I'm hoping we get the opportunity to do so. But for the popcorn diet... Again, for David Melhorn, I am Rick Williamson. Don't forget, 
Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And do us a big, big favor. Like, rate, and subscribe on wherever you may be listening. But that's going to do it for this edition of The Popcorn Diet. We're going to see you next time with another good movie. Adios.